Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. This program is for those who really seek the truth of the Bible. It's not for people who think that they know it all and they just don't need to be told anything else. Uh, it's really for people who are really seeking to change, to do teshuva, uh, that's Hebrew for repent, to turn, to turn around. Uh, we all need to do that. Um, the Bible plainly reveals that we all fall, sh- fall short of the Shekinah or the glory of God. And we all need to understand that. And uh, one of my favorite scriptures I like to quote at the beginning of this program, Matthew chapter 18. Let's uh, all turn there, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 1. At the same time came the disciples, or the Talmudim in Hebrew, unto Yeshua, or Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? And in verse 2 of Matthew chapter 18, And Jesus called a little child, I'm reading this in the King James Version, called a little child unto him and set him in the midst or in the middle of them, which is interesting. I'm going to get into that here today as we go over the book of Revelation. I'm doing, for those who have just joined me for the first time, I'm doing an exhaustive, deep, detailed study of the book of Revelation. And if you would like to really understand the book of Revelation um, in a detailed way, please review all these Bible studies. I, I don't know how many Bible studies there's going to be, but uh, I've never done this before, but I'm going to really do a detailed, um, exhaustive Bible study on the book of Revelation because I feel that, that God, or Yah, which is uh, his Hebrew short name for, for God, uh, it's time to do so because things are really getting bad here in the world with the acceptance of homosexuality and gay marriages, uh, my home state, unfortunately, Illinois, has just recently uh, signed into law that same-sex marriage is legal in the state of Illinois. And Hawaii has done it, or they are getting ready to do it. So there's going to be 17 states prove uh, same-sex marriage very soon here. And the way it looks is like it's going to be a domino effect, and it's going to be all states eventually, as it looks like. I hope that doesn't happen, but the way it appears, because uh, Illinois is a major state, uh, has a lot of influence, in particular 
That is the home state of our current president, Barack Obama. It doesn't look good, folks. Uh, Yeshua stated that as in the days of Lot, so shall it be. Well, let's turn there. Uh, Hold your place in Matthew chapter 18 for a minute, and let's turn to Luke, because we need to be aware of what the Master told us so that we can prepare. Luke chapter 17. Verse 24 says, For as the lightning, again, he is the light. And we're going to go over that today. But For as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Verse 25, But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So he was rejected in the generation that he was living in in the first century, and in verse 26 of Luke chapter 17, and as it was in the days of Noe, or Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Uh, Jews have correctly um, written that the days of Noah were were similar to the days of Lot, and the days of Lot were similar to the days of Noah. That's why he's talking about both here. Verse 27, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noe or Noah, entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, or similarly, verse 28, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So he's, he's comparing the days of Noah with the days of Lot. They were very similar. Verse 30 of Luke chapter 17, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Son of Man is an idiom, a Hebrew idiom for the Messiah. The Son of Man is revealed. Verse 31, In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And if you look at Matthew chapter 24, uh, Mark chapter 13, and Luke 21, which... All those chapters is a is a great summary of all the prophecies of the Bible leading to the return of the Messiah. All the rest of the Bible, in particular the prophetic scriptures, fill in the gaps of Matthew 24, uh, Mark 13, and Luke chapter 21. Luke 17, verse 32, remember Lot's wife. Remember her attitude. She she was told by the angel not to turn back. And what did she do? She She, she turned back, and that's why she got turned into a pillar of salt. So we need to remember that. We can't go back on our sins. We can't uh, go back into uh, Babylon. We can't do that. We have to move forward. We have to get out of Babylon. That's what that's talking about, basically. Verse 33 of Luke 17, Whoever shall seek to save his life, so there's nothing wrong with self-preservation, ladies and gentlemen, but it shouldn't be the main focus of why you believe in the great Yah. Okay? Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. So what he's meaning is that if you just totally just focus just on saving yourself, if that's the only reason why you want to keep the Shabbat and the holy days and keep the commandments, then he says you're going to lose it. And whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Okay, so let's understand the times that we're living in. And that's the reason why I'm going over the book of Revelation. We all need to understand this book because he pronounces a blessing on those who who take the word seriously. And so um, world events right now, let's briefly go over what's going on here in the Middle East. 
and then I'll get into this Bible study about the menorah and the people of God because it's connected. The menorah is symbolic of the assemblies of Yah, and I'm going to go over that. Matter of fact, I'm going to briefly go over that today as far as the assemblies, and then I'm going to go over each assembly uh, for the next um, few weeks, describing the character, the positive characteristics and the negative characteristics of the people of God in these end times, as our Lord and Savior prophesied in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Okay, so let's take a look at world news here. And what I do, I go to watch.org. This is Koenig's website. Uh, this guy really keeps us up to date with what's going on in Jerusalem. He understands all this world trouble will start in Jerusalem and will end in Jerusalem. So anyway, um, if you want to go with me, if you buy your PC, www.watch.org, W-A-T-C-H.org. This is World Watch Daily Koenig International News. Uh, the headline here on this website, Iran, nuclear agreement, a historic mistake, Netanyahu says. So right now, um, the the world has brokered a deal. state that Iran must stop their uh, nuclear uh, development. And so, let me just read a little bit here. It says, Prime Minister promises that Israel will stop nuclear weapons program. President Perez says, pact to be judged by results, not words, ministers lambast agreement. I quote, what was accomplished last night in Geneva is not a historic agreement, it is a historic mistake. End of quote. Netanyahu said at the start of Sunday's morning's weekly cabinet meeting, quote, again, today the world has become much more dangerous because the most dangerous regime in the world took a meaningful step toward acquiring the most dangerous weapon in the world. End of quote. So, there is some confusion about this agreement. Some people agree with it, some people don't. Uh, we need to keep an eye on this. Uh, you can read the rest of this information on this website. Um, but, you know, we need to continue to keep Bashley Bennett, I don't know who this individual is, says, bad Iran deal increases need for military action. Uh, we just need to keep continue to watch, as he said. Watch and pray that we may be worthy to escape these things, whether is uh, he mercifully uh, does not allow us to live or go through uh, these things during the tribulation, or while we are alive, he protects us. Uh, uh, death is an option, ladies and gentlemen, for the righteous uh, to avoid trouble. Uh, and I can prove that to you in Isaiah chapter 57. You know, no one wants to die, but if that's what God's will is for you, you must submit to that. Isaiah 57 verse 1 says, The righteous perish. Isaiah 57, verse 1. Isaiah 57, verse 1. It says, The righteous perish, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. Compassionate men and women that care about people are taken away. None considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil. So that's another way to escape all these things, folks. Verse 2. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. So remember that. That's why he said, your whole focus should not be your physical life. Your focus should be your spiritual life, whether or not you're going to be able to enter the kingdom of God. That's what should be your focus, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, while you're still alive, we should do what Noah did. And Hebrews 11, verse 7, plainly reveals. Let's turn to Hebrews 11, verse 7. It plainly reveals the following. By faith, Noah, being warned of Yah, of things not yet as seen, 
moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith, or to say it more Hebraically, trust. So we should follow Noah's example, but that should not be the, the entire extreme focus of our worship toward Yah, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's look at a little domestic news uh, briefly. I go to this site called the Economic uh, Collapse. It sounds kind of morbid, but uh, that's what's happening to our country right now, if you really understand the trends. Uh, the EconomicCollapseBlog.com. Write this down. Please review this blog. It's a very informative blog. You're not going to get this information from CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. They're all controlled by what is called the elites, the uh, human beings that the devil or Hasatan is working through. Anyway, the economic collapse, the economiccollapseblog.com, if you want to quickly go there with me, or you can look later on after you get through listening to this program. The first headline um, on this website says, China announces that it is going to stop stockpiling U.S. dollars. Now, this is interesting because if they do this, let me read this. It says, China just dropped an absolute bombshell, but it was almost entirely ignored by the mainstream media in the United States. The Central Bank of China has decided that it is no longer in China's favor to accumulate foreign exchange reserves. Now, I didn't hear this. (laughs) So this is major if this is true, ladies and gentlemen. During the third quarter of 2013, China's foreign exchange reserves were valued at approximately $3.66 trillion dollars. And, of course, the biggest chunk of that was made up of U.S. dollars for years. Let me underscore and repeat that. It says China's foreign exchange reserves were valued at approximately $3.66 trillion, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of money. And, of course, the biggest chunk of that was made up of U.S. dollars. For years, China has been accumulating dollars and working hard to keep the value of the dollar up and the value of the yen down. One of the goals, again, is the uh, Chinese currency. One of the goals has been to make Chinese products less expensive in the international marketplace. But now China has announced that the time has come for it to stop stockpiling U.S. dollars. And if that does indeed turn out to be the case, that many U.S. analysts are suggesting that China could also soon stop buying any more U.S. debt. Needless to say, all this would be very bad for the United States. So go ahead and continue to read this. I'm not going to read the whole thing because of lack of time here. Uh, another um, headline here says, One lawmaker is literally smashing the belongings of the homeless with a sledgehammer, which is ridiculous. Uh, fake employment numbers and five more massive economic lies the government is telling you. This is a very, again, <laughs> access this website for it. They take it down because there's a lot of truth on this website. Um, I'm just going to also remind you to look at the... Uh, the, the top of the website, all the menu options there, look for emergency, click on emergency food. If you have money, you should start investing it in gold and silver coins. Of course, people are eventually going to be throwing their money in the streets, but um, uh, during the initial stages of this anyway, people will still need to, to make transactions. And so it is best to, to, to stop having all of your money in the bank and convert it over to gold and some of it to silver. Uh, emergency food, um, survival supplies, uh, preppers. So th- these are things that you all need to prepare. We need to be end-time Noahs, basically, and prepare to protect ourselves and our families and, of course, uh, 
any people that uh, are around you, your neighbors, or your believers, uh, our community. We, we need to start preparing now, folks. We can't just wait for it to happen and then start to prepare. We can't do that. So let's be wise stewards and let's follow this following scripture in Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, beginning in verse 3, it says, A prudent man, Proverbs 22, verse 3, A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. So let's be wise. Let's not be uh, stupid, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So that covers um, domestic news and world news. Now we will get into the Bible study about the menorah. And it's interesting that Hanukkah is uh, upon us soon. So I'm going to talk briefly a little bit about that. But first, let's go over these scriptures in Revelation Revelation, let's turn there. Oh, I wanted to continue to quote that scripture. Hold your place there in Revelation, the, the first chapter, and I'm going to go to uh, Matthew, complete what I was uh, saying there. Matthew 18, verse 2, says, And Yeshua called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them, or in the middle of them. And we're going to find out that the middle candle of the menorah represents the Messiah. But anyway. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and that word converted in the Greek means strepho, and it means to turn. Uh, Hebraically, that's what it means, reverse, turn around. We have to turn around. Except you be turned around and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven or God. Verse 4 of Matthew chapter 18, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child. So when he speaks about being a little child in this context, he's talking about you being humble. You have to be humble. He says the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's how you become great. You don't become great by knowing everything and knowing all intricacies of biblical Hebrew, as an example, and, and uh, just totally know Hebrew. You know, I've debated successfully a conservative rabbi who knew Hebrew and ate it for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? And he totally was impressed by the knowledge that I had about the Bible. Now, you know, I'm no better than you, but I've studied the Bible for almost three decades, and he recognized that. And this is a guy who knows biblical Hebrew, okay? Like like I said, he knows it so well that he can eat uh, eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, you know, biblical Hebrew is important, ladies and gentlemen. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the first couple of verses there, it says that if you have all knowledge and even speak the tongues of angels, but if you don't have love, if you're not keeping the commandments, which is found in 2 John 1 verse 6, none of that is, is worthless. I mean, it, it is worthless, all that knowledge that you have. We have a prime example of that in King Solomon. He was the, he was the wisest man on the earth, right? But what happened? What happened? Squandered all that wisdom for for lust, all those wives he had, and and so forth. He allowed all those wives to turn him away from God and so forth. And I hope he repented in the end. It appears he may have in the last chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's just hear the end of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So hopefully he repented for his sake. But anyway, we have to humble ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. That's the important thing. So let's go back to... Revelation, Revelation, 
chapter one, and I just wanted to I just mentioned something that we would get blessed for um, reading this book, Revelation and understanding it, wanting to understand it. Revelation one verse three: Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And this this book was really, as I've gone over, this book is really for those that are living in the 21st century to understand it. So, and I did go over that. You have to go back and, and start from the beginning of these um, Bible. Anyway, let's get to Revelation chapter 11, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I went over that, too, um, a couple of weeks ago, I think. The first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, Ephesus, and Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and into Thyatira, and into Sardis, and into Philadelphia, and into Laodicea. And then in verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, or menorahs. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, or lampstands, rather, uh, like unto the Son of Man, one like unto the, and in the middle, in the midst, or in the middle of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. And his head and his hairs were white like wool. So his hairs, and it says right here, his head and his hairs were white like wool. It didn't say that it was wool, but it was white like wool. As white as snow, and his eyes as a flame of fire. And then verse 15, And his feet likened to fine brass as it burn in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. So that's what your Lord and Savior looks like right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the Master looks like. Verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Alpha and Omega, Aleph, Tav, in Hebrew. Verse 18, I am the... He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be thereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven assemblies of the churches. So our Lord gave us the interpretation of the candlesticks or the menorahs, okay? So we have to understand, basically, what he is saying here. And it's interesting that uh, these are seven churches, and the menorah has seven parts to it. And so I'm going to read to you uh, something from um, the Jewish Commentary by David Stern, which I recommend you get, the Jewish New Testament Commentary by David Stern, who is a Messianic Jew. So this is a commentary here. I read commentaries when it when it's based on the Bible. When it's not, I don't read the commentaries. But anyway, <laughs> or do I believe them, what they say? But anyway, he says right here, seven golden menorahs, candlesticks. Exodus 25, verses 31 to 40, speaks of the seven-branch menorah which stood outside the second curtain in the tabernacle. 
the ten gold menorahs in Solomon's temple. This is found in First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 15. If you need to listen to this again and pause after I get done, please do so so you can write down the scriptures. The ten gold menorahs in Solomon's temple, First Chronicles 28, verse 15, were carted off to Babylon, Jeremiah 52, verse 19. Zechariah 4, verse 2, speaks of a single gold menorah with seven narat, or lamps, or candles. According to verse 20 of the book of Revelation, the seven menorahs are the seven messianic communities. That's what church means, assemblies. Verse 11, with Yeshua's warning to the community in Ephesus, I will remove your menorah from its place unless you turn from sin. That's in Revelation 2, verse 5. Compare his remark in the Sermon on the Mount that believers are light for the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. So we should be light to the world, ladies and gentlemen. Also look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Now also, uh, Son of Man, let's get into to what he said there um, in, in verse 13. And, and I think it also says in the King James Version, uh, one like unto the Son of Man, which is a, an idiom, of course, for the Messiah. Yeshua's preferred title for himself as the Messiah, see Matthew 8, verse 20. Yeshua fulfills three main offices set forth in the Tanakh. He is a prophet, he is a priest, and a king. Yeshua served as a prophet during his life on the earth. At present, he serves as the high priest in heaven of the um, Melchizedek line, or Melchizedek. This is signified by his wearing a long robe and a gold band around his chest, the clothing of the Kohen Haggadah, or the high priest, Exodus chapter 28. The rest of the description in verses 14 to 15 suggests his future role as judge and messianic king. All right, so let's understand that, the, the glory that our master has right now. Now, the Shema's candle as I stated earlier, represents the Messiah. He's our ultimate servant and the light of humanity. And I'm going to read a little bit from uh, Judaism 101. And I wanted to get a little bit into Hanukkah. Uh, it says Hanukkah, well, actually, I'm going to read here. It says the only religious observance related to the holiday, this is according to, to Jews, Orthodox Jews, is the lighting of the candles. Candles are arranged in the candle. Um, in a menorah, or sometimes called a Hanukkah, that holds nine candles, and I'm going to get into that in a future broadcast about why there's a difference between the nine candles and the seven, because I don't have enough time right now. But the Shema's candle is lit, and three uh, blessings are recited. That's how it is, is done, basically. And uh, let me just go over what those three blessings are. Barakut blessings are recited. Um, a general prayer over candles, Shem Ash Nishim, a prayer of thanksgiving for performing miracles for our ancestors at this time, and she, a general prayer thanking God for allowing us to reach this time for a year. So basically that that's how it's done. When you light the candles, we should be thinking about Yah, but also thinking about our fellow brethren around the world. Because Hanukkah, to really simplify the observance, is, is Hanukkah means dedication, rededication, and we need to all clean out our temples because we are also considered the temple of Yah. And we need to clean out our minds uh, from wickedness. And so this is a rededication to, to clean out all the things that prevent us from being closer to God and, and loving 
him and mankind. That's what Hanukkah is all, all about. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a type of the Festival of Tabernacles. And I'm going to get into that uh, perhaps uh, next week a little more in detail. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. The menorah represents the seven churches. We're going to get into further detail about that next week. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.